Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by, I'm going to call him a good personal friend. It's, I can't believe I'm admitting <laughs> a, a personal friend, but, but he's a, I would consider him a friend at this point. We have, we have hung out multiple occasions and over several years at this point, but, but Ryan Morton of Fear the Sword and, and occasionally of the Chase Down Pod, uh, our resident LeBron translator is, is hopping on today's show. Ryan, <laughs> th- thanks for, thanks for uh, spending Man. some time with me. All of those things are probably the nicest things anyone's ever said about me, which <laughs> kind of tells you that nobody's ever said anything nice about me. Well, so. that's what happens when you when you volunteer to go on multiple podcasts with Justin and, and Carter. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. I, you know, <laughs> if it if it makes any difference, uh, I'm more or less forced because I am. I just feel really bad. So, uh-huh. no, they're good. They've we've done crossovers, but I wanted. I wanted to 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 go full sarcastic Cavs fan on this one, and so I got the most sarcastic person, literally the most sarcastic person I know. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's where that's where we're at for this one. Today's show, we're going to analyze some stuff that that LeBron James has said. He has he has made sure to he's had some pointed statements uh, thus far in his in his Lakers tenure, and that'll kind of give us a launching point through which to talk all kinds of other stuff about the the LeBron experience out here in LA and then and then back there in Cleveland. And that's kind of where I wanted to start with this one. Uh how have you from watching from afar, how have you taken in LeBron the Laker? Um it doesn't seem a whole lot different from 2014. Like, you know, in comparison to this past year when uh, it was fairly, I don't want to say obvious, but it it seemed incredibly likely. And now as time moves further on, I think he actually confirmed that he was pretty much out after 2016 (laughs) recently. But um, it it seems similar to 2014 where he kind of seen, you know, has the freedom of not expecting a title because that was this big thing when he came to the Cavs. Hey, we're not expecting to make a jump. We're not ready. Uh, they were ready ahead of schedule because nobody in the East at the time was very good. I mean, the second best team was Toronto or Boston. Oh, no, that was the Atlanta year. Yeah, Atlanta. Come on. Get out of here. <laughs> um, to player of the Month, Hawks. I hate those guys. <laughs> that was pretty um, But, I mean, it all feels really similar, right? Like, when he came in, he wrote that letter. And it didn't mention Andrew Wiggins at all. Well, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. He spoke profusely, and this is the one I think is interesting. He lavished like a mountain of praise on Dion Waiters, and that was one where there never really seemed like there could be a fit between him and Dion. And then on the court, you could tell there was no real fit between him and Dion. But he still constantly would just say all these all these great things about him, um, and obviously, ultimately, he got traded for J.R. Smith. Uh, no, he got traded for Timothy Mozgov. Sorry. Yep. Um, either way, same. It was one big deal. So I think you can draw a lot of parallels to that, right? Because at least as I've watched it, and I haven't watched a ton of Lakers games because staying up for West Coast games is hard mm-hmm. when you work at 8 a.m. on the East Coast, but. In what I've seen, there's no real on-court chemistry with him and Brandon Ingram, right? Am I fair to say that? 
Um, I wouldn't say that there isn't any, but there isn't the amount that the Lakers need. I'd put it right. that way. Well, and, and so Ingram, and, and I thought he was pretty impressive last year, you know, has worked best as a ball handler. And Dion's kind of the same way. He worked best. He worked himself. Kyrie was hurt, and he worked himself into a really good role and put up good numbers as the primary ball handler. Kyrie comes back. LeBron joins the team. He's a fish out of water. And, and again, this is only over like six or seven Lakers games that I've seen where Ingram has played with LeBron. But it, it feels similar to me where LeBron is off the court and he's got more ball handling duties. He looks pretty good. And then LeBron is back and not as good. Um, yeah. Yeah, defensively, I, I think he's been fine. I, I think the the big thing that everybody points to, myself included, is his on and off numbers where LeBron is off the court and he is on the court um, versus when they're both sharing the court. Ingram is a night and day player. Like he's at, he's averaging something like twenty seven points per thirty six possessions in minutes <laughs> in minutes where LeBron isn't on the court with like crazy shooting percentages and and all of these things. I, I the weird thing like the the shooting percentages uh, especially to me speak to rhythm. Like I, I think Ingram yeah. is already not a particularly great shooter, and then you throw to that you, you throw into that the, the monkey wrench of not having the ball or knowing when he's going to have the ball and that i think really kind of messes with his percentages but but yeah i i think that the waiters ingram thing is is a good comparison to make especially with like kyle kuzma he's nowhere near as good as as uh kyrie and I, hell i don't think he's as talented as as ingram but he fits better alongside fits. lebron and and he is he has kind of shown out with ingram out and so that I mean, if he kind of works in this analogy of of being the Kyrie type of scorer, and then Ingram being the Waiters type of guy who's just kind of there, uh, then it then the the comparison really starts to make sense. Right, and, and I mean, and it's more of like you know, cause you had Kyrie, you had Deion Waiters, you had Tristan Thompson. And Kyrie, obviously, is one of the five best scorers in the league. He can play any type of offense, so it was a quick, immediate marriage of some effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Kyrie was not good with LeBron on the floor, but th- he was so good that you could take LeBron off and he'd have amazing numbers and it worked playing off of each other. Not dissimilar to Brandon Ingram at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um Tristan Thompson, an obvious fit. All he does is rim run and, and rebound. But the the process for them was similar in that it was just, you know, he wanted to be there with Kyrie, and then it was feeling out Tristan and Dion to see if they would work or not, and ultimately Dion gets shipped. And that's kind of, you know, it, it leads to me the sticking point with Ingram, because I think it could work. Like, it took him two years to learn this role. He could probably learn another role where he's playing off the ball and he gets more comfortable with it. It's just how much time do you have? He's already 34. So yeah. LeBron is already 34. Right, right. So so that would be, and it's it's not to say Ingram's a bad player. I don't think that. I just think it's a matter of how long do you have to learn the role and how long you know, I, I think a lot of was made of LeBron, like saying he's going to be on Magic's plan and he's going to be patient. I don't buy that at all. <laughs> it's not. I mean, you see, Brian Windhorst just published an article that references LeBron's age and the guys he would like the Lakers to acquire. 
and that is a bat signal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, that's, well, that's always the sign. The 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 naming of guys who he'd be interested in. Yeah, if if someone close to the team and there's and I don't know who he's closest to in L.A. I would probably say Dave McMenamin because they had a great relationship out here. Mm-hmm. Um, McMenamin but, just got an exclusive. He was the guy who got the Davis quote. There you go. Yeah. It's <laughs> so it's 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 his reporter on the team, right? Like at one point it was Chris Haynes because Chris is really good friends with Rich Paul, and um and he got along great with LeBron in Miami. It was Ethan Skolnick in Cleveland. Uh, it was Haynes, and he moved, and then it was um, then it was McMiniman, and it's always been Winhorst. And so, yeah, those guys that he's close to will float, you know, something that says his age, his temperament, who he would like. And he'll publicly say that he's not saying that he's not making demands of the franchise and stuff. He knows what he's doing. I mean, we all know he knows what he's doing. If if an article is published that says LeBron wants these guys, he doesn't have to say anything or confirm it. Yeah, no, it'd be, I, I think he'd be it would be. A, a bad move of him to to confirm it right like he yeah. he he definitely should not confirm these things because he's and 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 actually you know what let's let's use this as a segue we're going to take a quick second here to pay a couple bills and then when we come back i, I kind of want to one of the points that i made in an article i wrote uh by the time you guys are listening to this yesterday for silver screen and roll um was was the difference in situation so i want to i want to raise those as counterpoints and see what you have to say about them right yeah. So basically, I I wrote uh, at the time when the first, and we'll get to the specific quotes here, and probably in the, the midway through this segment, and then heading into the third. But uh, I, I I wrote at the time that the Davis quote seemed. I'm pretty non-newsworthy to me. He actually, LeBron actually said, duh, in it when, when he said, like, it would be amazing to play with uh, Anthony Davis, like, duh. Um, that that kind of, that duh spoke really loudly to me. And then with the Carmelo thing, I think he legitimately feels bad for Melo. Like, I, I, I he, Melo is a good friend, and, and, and I think he's watching this all kind of transpire where Mello was told, hey, please go away. And while Mello's been away, the, the, the Rockets have kind of settled down and settled into a playing style that, that seems to fit a little bit more closely to what made them uh, successful last year. But the thing that I, I – the, the point that I mentioned in the article, or in the I guess it's a column, that I wrote for Silver Screen was – this isn't Cleveland. Like I think he trusts uh, Magic Johnson more than he trusted Kobe Altman. I think he trusts Jeannie Buss a lot more than he trusted uh, Dan Gilbert. Um, or anybody and, should, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Gilbert. laughs> right, right. Not exactly a super high bar to, to clear yeah. in that respect. There, there are like three people on the entire planet I would trust less than Dan. <laughs> like, come on, man. Right. Um, um, and so, and then, and then the contract thing to me, the 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 three year and and a and a player option for the fourth uh, is a difference in in situation between that. Uh, here in and uh, what the situation was in Cleveland, and so I guess my question to you is like, do you do you weigh that into your analysis here? Or do you think it's just no? LeBron still wants his way. I think so. The thing that that 
I get with him a lot. And the thing you notice a lot is he'll say something new, right? He's going to do this new thing. He's going to play center, for example, or trust the point guards, or um, he's going to let Kyrie and Dion, you know, sit and squirm and figure their stuff out. But he's, I mean, he's a, he's old. He's set in his ways, and eventually it all goes back to that. And where I would come with the McMiniman piece is he doesn't have to answer on the record. Like, any kind of acknowledgement from LeBron James about Anthony Davis is going to trigger a lot of speculation and a lot of, you know, that's, that's my thing. Like, he doesn't have to give an answer to that question. Just by merely acknowledging, yeah, yeah. And he knows he's incre- he's incredibly perfectly aware, and he t- he says that he's g- got given a hundred interviews where he says he knows just by mentioning something, it's a thing. I mean, this guy can't even talk to his kid on the sidelines of his game without you know it becoming a national thing, and these low rent websites photoshopping pictures of guys like Lonzo Ball over the top of his son. Have you seen that? There's there's a monster out there that is like photoshopping Lakers players over his kid. <laughs> I, I I may or may not have seen that. I I didn't take part in in making the video. If that helps, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was um, great. I thought the video was great. He no, even, it was funny. He even made like he made mention of outlet passes, and that's like one of the things that Lakers fans really point to when it comes to Lonzo Ball. And I thought it made the video all the more perfect. <laughs> that is, see, and I didn't know that that thing, so I'm just watching it. I'm like, okay, no, this is pretty good. Yeah. Um, also a little creepy, but that's fine. That's I mean, we're sports fans, we're creepy. Yeah. But I mean, so that's that's where it comes to to me. Like he knows full well what he's doing. And where he says, you know, the thing about Mello, how there's things to be worked out on, on both sides, and and as long as that could happen, he'd love to play with them, and, like, he might feel bad for him, but he's, ah, man, that's a lot. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's that's very direct, especially when they have someone that can, I mean, there's no reason to keep Michael Beasley around, and there's no reason that I can tell to keep is it Ivica Zubats? Zubats? Ivica Zubats. Ivica. God damn it. Um, <laughs> there's no reason to keep Ivica Zubats around. Like, they have two guys that they could just dump on somebody and create a spot for Carmelo Anthony. And I think he's everything about it seems like he's making that push to this idiot over here. Yeah. No, I. I, I... Look, we'll we'll take one more second here, and we'll get specifically into into translating some of these quotes directly, seeing as it looks like we're heading in that direction anyway. I like how while you and I are having this conversation about LeBron James and 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 pseudo translations and all this that that our buddies in this in this SB Nation group chat that we all have are having like an, a legitimately intellectual conversation. You and I are laughing about Lonzo Ball being on on a video of LeBron James talking to his son. It's just a funny it's only it's something only you and I would get right now. But anyway. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're giving me a headache. That's a lot. It is, it is. It's my my phone is just going off and off and off. But we'll uh we'll We'll return back here to, to the podcast, and so we'll start here with the, the Davis quote that I already kind of mentioned in passing, but he said, you know, basically, quote, it would be amazing if 
Anthony Davis uh, was to become a Laker. He didn't mention by trade or anything like that, um, but he said it would be amazing to play with Anthony Davis, um, like duh. And and the the duh part to me was like yes, it would. It, I I too would enjoy playing with Anthony Davis. Uh, so that for me, as as and I'm I guess I'm 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 obviously newer to this than than you are, but I took that as like yeah I I I know I I would enjoy playing with Anthony Davis. I would enjoy a steak if it was presented to me right now, um, despite having already eaten dinner, and and yet I like the point that you made though about. Well, that's he doesn't have to specifically say trade because everybody already kind of sort of knows that's the only way the Lakers are going to be able to land him. The problem here, though, is that it factored into almost nobody's math that I saw over the last day or two or day uh, since since the quote came out is that it would require the Pelicans having to trade the, the franchise's best player and and maybe the best player that it'll ever have. Um, before Boston can get involved with better assets than the Lakers currently hold. So, like, what what do you think LeBron was trying to accomplish there? Well, I don't think that that New Orleans would even consider it until, I mean, they they have to try to make the playoffs. They can't move him this season. Yeah. And Boston can't make a trade this season. Because they can't do anything until Kyrie Irving's contract expires. Mm-hmm. In regards to Anthony Davis, um, uh, what was it? No, Jimmy Butler doesn't have a designated player. Anyone with a designated player, um, it's, it's Kyrie and Anthony Davis. The, the like you can't have you can't or John have, Wall. John Wall would be another one, right? But well, wants to trade like for you him can't again. you can't trade for a like you can't have two guys on your roster who are eligible for that that crazy supermax. Um, in the year before they can sign it, because then you just you have you you'd be so far above like what everybody else is paying for their team, it would be an unfair advantage. Right. Um. So I think that. So so the thing that's weird is obviously anyone would love to play with Anthony Davis, but do you ever hear anyone in the league say that kind of stuff? Almost never. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Guys never just come out and say, a he's taking a, a an exclusive interview with someone to talk about a guy that's playing for the Pelicans. <laughs> that's so weird. They share the same agent. Like there, there's a lot going on there and I don't believe any of it is accidental. Um, what do I know? I have no idea, but it just doesn't seem like none of this is accidental, right? When he was sending garbage nonsense tweets, everyone's like, those have to be about Kevin Love. Like, why? That's dumb. That's that's so stupid. Nobody would do that. And then later he admitted to doing that. <laughs> we have an update. We have an update while this is going on. Are you ready for this? Right. The, the Pelican. <laughs> uh, just spoke. This is from Will Guillory. Just spoke to Pelicans GM Del Demps about LeBron's comment on AD. His response, we're going to let the league handle it. We're just worried about our team. People can say whatever they want to say. That's not our concern. Uh, Jennifer Hale says the Pelicans' response to LeBron's, com- uh, LeBron's comment, it would be amazing to play with AD if the Lakers trade for him. Um, they're looking in, or they they want to see. They want the league to look into whether or not that qualifies as tampering. It does not. LeBron is not a a, a league executive or a team executive, but that'll be fun. That'll in, be in in title. He's not. 
Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. So. And everybody did that to us. Um, and, you know, I don't know. Obviously, it's – I think star players having input is normal. And it, you know, varies based on the quality of star. And obviously, LeBron should have a ton of input. He's, he's freaking LeBron James. Right. right. Um, he's around the yeah. Lakers more often than Magic is. So, like, why – of course he should have right. input. Yeah. Um, but I – so so the, 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 the Davis thing, mentioning Davis, um, the way that you put that, I hadn't really thought of it that way. That, like, it's pretty rare that you'll have a player – who was under contract for not just this season, but next season as well. Uh, it's pretty rare that you have a player, you know, mention that pro- player even in response. But in, in an article period, uh, you had LeBron mention him. And then, you know, with Carmelo Anthony, who was also under contract, not not next season in the way that uh, Anthony Davis is, but he's currently under contract with the Houston Rockets. So it is it is interesting that, LeBron came into this thing saying that he would be a partner with Magic, and at every turn, uh, to his credit, he has said that he's going to let the front office do their thing, and I'm just going to sit here and play basketball. But he this, said that last year, by the way, just so you're aware. Yeah, although in fairness, <laughs> just, Magic Johnson hasn't traded Kyrie Irving. But so. still, that's still <laughs> all. I'm, all I'm telling you, and it, it can it can be neither here nor there. All I'm telling you is it started with, yeah, I'm just letting them do their thing. They'll figure it out. And it ended with, we need a damn point guard um, because what they had received was Isaiah Thomas, which, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just saying. Isaiah Thomas know, it, is my it, favorite Cav ever. What are you talking it about? Can, it can be different. It's, it's certainly possible that it's different. He certainly has less contract leverage in L.A. than he did in Cleveland. Um, and... There are, at this point, maybe. I mean, there's there's got to be better prospects. You know, the, the Lakers have better prospects than last year's Cavs had. They don't have anyone that's as good as Kevin Love, but they have people that are good, probably better than every other player on the team, which is fine. Um, yeah, the, the big key right now is that the, the Pelicans aren't going to make a move. With, you know, they aren't going to move Anthony Davis. Uh, before a he officially passes on their supermax offer right like you need to have that on the tables and have him push it away before you go off and you trade the guy um though you know if you do wait and he does uh say no to that supermax you do lose a little bit of leverage there but so long as there's more than one team that's interested in landing him you you don't the leverage isn't really that big of a question so i think that's why no matter what like that's that's the thing here and that's kind of what i come back to with lebron mentioning anthony davis and 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 doing that on the record and and who knows what he said off of the record but that my my thing here is that like it doesn't accomplish anything it doesn't it doesn't really, unless unless he's doing that to like wake up the young guys around him which you know maybe i, I maybe it They've been all right though this season. I haven't really had a problem with the way that the, the the young guys have been playing around him. So I just don't know what he's really looking to accomplish there. And then same kind of thing goes with Carmelo Anthony. That like, so one, I had this theory uh, pop up while I was while I was prepping for the show, and then while I was writing uh, the the column that I had today was that like 
the the criticism of the Lakers offseason outside of signing LeBron was that you don't punt season with seasons with LeBron, right? Um, and I, and I I kind of sort of agree with that. Um, I would argue that the Lakers are in the playoffs right now, and and I wouldn't call that quite punting, but it's not going for a title full bore right from the get go. And yet, you know, if I'm LeBron, I would kind of say to the Lakers, all right. Maybe this team isn't ready for the playoffs this year, but let let Melo retire a Laker and let me play with him in his final year here and at least give me that so that I can enjoy the season from that standpoint. And then and then as these moves become more available, then we can refocus on those things when that time comes. Would you roll with that theory? I would certainly believe it. I mean, he's in that's he's he's definitely making it no secret that he would love to play with Melo if it can be worked out. And, I mean, that makes as much sense as anything. I mean, it makes more sense than the basketball explanation for it, right? Because it's not like he – I just find it – I find it hard to believe, even with biases taken into account, that he looks at Carmelo Anthony's game right now and then over the last two seasons where – he leaves Oklahoma. He's like this this generation's JR. Uh, no, Josh Smith, right? Remember when when Josh Smith was traded, and the Pistons immediately won like ten straight games or something like that. Right. Uh, Carmelo Anthony leaves Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City right now is either at or near the top of the Western Conference right now, uh, even without Andre Robertson, who everybody said, myself included, was going to be the difference uh, between what we saw from Oklahoma City last year to what they might be this year. Um, and then, and then you know, he's uh, in Houston. Melo was in Houston for 10 games, and they were just kind of trudging along. Uh, not very – they didn't look very good. Uh, they tell Carmelo Anthony to go away, and maybe it's a coincidence, but they have been playing better basketball over the last 10-ish games or so while Carmelo Anthony has been away. And so like, it's, I find it hard to believe that even, even with taking into account how close he is to, to Melo, that LeBron is looking at that and saying, no, yeah, yeah, no, we can turn that around. I, I just find <laughs> that really hard to believe. You know, he pushed really hard for Dwayne Wade last year. Yeah. And they were a miserable fit. Um, I don't know. Like, he's just always wanted to play with his friends, right? And... <laughs> I don't know that he knows, like, man, him and Wade both put out all kinds of stuff about how Melo's not the problem and Melo's still great and how could you not, you know, make his game work. I don't know that he knows that it's not going to work until he gets on the court and it, like, really doesn't work. Like, him and Wade aggressively did not work last year. Um, And then Wade found himself back in Miami. Yeah, yeah, Wade doesn't get in the comments there were telling, right? Like LeBron was like, hey, I'm happy to see him home. I'm glad he's where his heart is because there's talk about Wade half-assing it in Cleveland. Um, like, it's, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like, these yeah. comments are not an accident. Yeah. Nothing, like, he, he knows everything. Even when we were in high school, like, he knew all this stuff would be, just drilled down into in the nth degree, like in high school, um, at one point he got a free Jersey and it was investigated for like six months. And then there was the car incident, uh, the next year. And that was investigated forever. Like everything he's done since 2001 has been under a crazy microscope. Um, 
And I just don't think it's I think it's beyond the realm of accident that he's pushing so hard publicly, especially with a GM that's away from the team a lot or a team president that's away from the team a lot. Um, I don't know. It just feels like I said, it's so, so uh, it sounds to me like if you were, if you were a Lakers fan, which God, that would be amazing. That would be really funny. I think (laughs) (laughs) just picturing you as a Lakers fan would be really funny, but I I mean, I root for the, I root for the Steelers. So that's pretty close. the football equivalent. Yeah, it's either like Steelers or Cowboys or like the, the NFL's equivalent of, of the Lakers. Um, although the Steelers have actually won, so I think they're definitely the, the closer comparison in that respect. But yeah. <laughs> but like I, I if you were if you were a Laker fan, if you found yourself rooting for the LeBron James era Lakers, it sounds to me like you kind of think the, the best case scenario here is that LeBron gets his wish, Carmelo Anthony comes to the Lakers, is a complete disaster, and then and then LeBron kind of pushes him back towards the New York Knicks and says, you should go retire where it started, <laughs> or, or, or yeah. to back to Denver and say, you should retire where it started, that kind of thing. I think he's going to want it until he realizes it's a disaster. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I mean, the best, and I don't dislike, like, I I casually dislike the Lakers because I know so many of you goddamn Laker writers, <laughs> and it's it's funny to see you panic and freak out. Um, it's interesting to me, but I mean, LeBron's 34. I would like to see him have more success. I wish it was somewhere where that success wouldn't be co-opted into it being some statement about the team, but that's neither here nor there. It's what fans do. And the organization he just left is a tire fire. So I understand that it's not just going to be, Hey, look, LeBron won another title. It's wow. Look at LeBron in this great situation. He won a title. That's how it's going to go. We all know it. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's fine. But if it were me, like the thing I would want, I know you hate it. I would be looking at who like some of these other guys that, that we can snag now, like Bradley Beal is extremely, I think he'd be so good with LeBron. And I know you don't definitely would. I don't know. You don't like him a whole lot, but Holy crap. Now, the no, other it's thing, not that I don't like Bradley Beal. It's that, like, if you acquire Bradley Beal, you no longer have a chance at Kevin Durant. Like, that's it. It's over. Well, I mean, you can always flip. And see, I don't know about that because you can always flip Bradley Beal. But you then, can always you, cap space in the So say you trade some things for, for Bradley Beal. And Kevin Durant says, and this was another point I was building to, if Kevin Durant wants to go there, they probably already know. You know, the LeBron thing has been rumored to be a done deal in 2016. Kevin Love coming to Cleveland was done as soon as they won the lottery. Um, It's it's probably something that they're already, and that's why there's a lot of talk about it. You know, it's one of those things that, that there's so many steps in between. There's marketing, there's agents, there's Nike. They know way in advance, and they make plans for that kind of stuff. I don't think it's a surprise to anyone when it when it goes down, at least on on those fronts. Yeah. So well, but I think that's that's part of the reason why we haven't seen a Bradley Beal trade. You know, maybe and and and, and look, I mean, LeBron's frustration might hit other, hint otherwise, right? Like if he if LeBron was okay with the way things were going and wasn't visibly frustrated every so often, then I think everybody would be able to sit back and say or take a step back and say, oh, 
well, that makes a little bit more sense then, right? Right. But the fact that he is a little bit more frustrated, and maybe that's just a competitor in him that he's just he, it's he's incapable of of being okay with with not vying for a title. Maybe that's the case. Um, but I think the fact that the Lakers haven't made a trade for it, while LeBron has been so openly frustrated on a couple occasions now. Uh, and this dates back to the patience comment that he had a while back. Like that's all of these things kind of tell me magic is kind of whispering in his ear. Like whenever he's around, he's whispering in, in LeBron's ear. Hey, just look, we, I promise we have at least one of these guys in the bag and, and maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, and, and even like you, you mentioned, what if the Lakers just trade for Bradley Beal now and then flip him to open up the the money to be able to acquire Kevin Durant. Well, but those other pieces are supposed to be a, a, a part of a deal for Anthony Davis too. And the Lakers seem to think that they have a chance at, at all three of them based on their actions to this point. I just, to me, it's, it's really fascinating to watch. I guess it's fascinating to me. It's frustrating at times, but it's fascinating to watch Cleveland fans sit back and say, well, well, we know what he's actually saying here, um, and and I'd be I'd be stupid, and Laker fans would be stupid not to take some of that into account. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's just like I don't know, like you don't want to come off as some kind of condescending soothsayer because that's annoying, and you don't want to come off as like aha, I'm read between the lines guy, <laughs> but so many of these situations played out in Cleveland, like so many of them where he said one thing and immediately was doing the other, where he did something really dumb or made some statement and it ended up being, you know, we sit around and, and part of why I say that is because I spent a lot of time looking like a jackass, you know? Um, and like I rant on, on the leverage thing a lot because I did it with Andrew Wiggins where I was like, oh, they have no one to trade Kevin Love to. They're, you know, give them Dion Waiters and Tristan Thompson. Ha, ha, ha. And they still got what they got. And I looked like a moron because I wasn't really understanding how that was going to go down. I was just running my mouth. Um, and we did it, I mean, with all the LeBron stuff, like just yesterday, you know, um, LeBron wasn't going to be patient. Or maybe that was today with, with the guys um, with the photoshops and stuff. Like, we said the same exact thing about Dion Waiters. Uh, not all of us, because a lot of people in Cleveland hated him, but I didn't. And boy, did I look dumb. Um, <laughs> you look so, dumb? What? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Professional jackass. But so, you know, and at the end of the day, you're talking about a person that can change at any time. So, you know, the best the best you can do is, is throw some stuff against the wall. But what did we tell you about him playing center? Remember, everyone was always, he's going to play center. He's a nominal five. He He's going to look at the roster and see how he fits and realize that he's going to be a four or five most of the time. That was obviously crap. Come on. That was never going to happen. Like, why Why would anyone say that? And now he's back to playing point guard. Uh, the nominal point guard, not, like, actually the point guard, but you know what I mean. Um, so it's stuff like that where it he, he puts out a front in one direction and everyone goes in that direction so hard when it's obviously never going to happen. 
I'd have I'd have liked to be in the room with Magic when he realized no LeBron isn't interested in playing the five. Because that <laughs> that completely screwed up the, the roster makeup of of the Lakers. <laughs> then then all of a sudden now fortunately Tyson Chandler became available because James Jones is a real one. But <laughs> but well, it certainly helped. Yeah. I don't think like I I mean, I wouldn't put it beyond anyone to know that. Like, just because they, I mean, they don't, I don't know. Not everyone has to be truthful. GMs lie all the time um, about each other and about what they're doing. And it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they're just kind of saying stuff. Because there are buyout candidates. And a signature sign of those Cavs teams for the last four years was the midseason trade or the midseason buyout because the team just looked completely lopsided through the first portion of the year. You know, they had no point guards the one year, um, no wing to speak of the year before, no big depth. They acquired Channing Fry. So there's always some hole, it feels like, you know, with with the teams he's on. And that midseason buyout just seems to be part of the process. Yeah. But... Yeah, I, I guess I like right now. It's just it just comes down to like what what moves are are realistic right now. The Davis one isn't realistic, so the fact he's interested in him, like that, would make me nervous. And I think that's why the Pelicans are kind of like looking at the league, like help, please, <laughs> a little bit of trading help, guys. for trading for Rodney Hood. Obviously, you know <laughs> the first the Alec Burks is right there, and <laughs> and two first round picks. I'm sure could get it done, right? Yeah. Um, no, but. Hopefully Daryl Morey does that. You can have Burks and Rodney Hood, two first rounders. <laughs> Let the Cavs be terrible in peace. They seem like nice guys. They don't need to be hanging around Cleveland and being miserable. Um, uh, all right, I, I think I would be. I'd get fired if we if we kept going much longer than this. But um, I really appreciate you oh. uh, uh, hopping on and and giving us your intel or or at least your insight on on what it's what it's like and how to read between the lines um when lebron says certain stuff um it was interesting it's it's fascinating stuff uh so it's it's gonna be i guess it's something to watch i look forward to being wrong and getting made fun of profusely so (laughs) (laughs) i would never i would never do such a thing um, but that'll do it for this episode of the Lockdown Lakers podcast. Uh, Pete will be back tomorrow. He and I will figure out something to talk about while the Lakers have yet another off day. Um, maybe maybe we'll preview the, the Brandon Ingram and Rajon Rondo returns and, and JaVale McGee returns. Um, so we'll get like to that. trade returns or? <laughs> <Just guess. laughs> uh, but thanks again, Ryan, for hopping on, and, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thank you. Yep.